TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek, Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do, here on Nerd Shit, we got something for you. Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound Presents Nerd Shit, where we talk about nerd shit. Welcome to another Walking Dead episode. Uh, this time we're on Season 2, Episode 2, Bloodletting. Uh, if you are just joining this episode randomly, uh, last episode ended with Carl being shot in the stomach. Uh, how are you guys doing? How did you enjoy this episode? This one, it's definitely getting a lot better in the writing. and it didn't throw in a whole bunch of different things happening. It pretty much stuck to, you know, everything that happened with Carl at the end and, and T-Dog. So. He didn't do his recap. Anyways, they introduced a lot of characters in this episode. I don't know if that's dress, but yeah, they introduced a lot of like lovable characters in this episode. It was just, how did you like the episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they introduced a lot of the characters in the episode, dude. Okay. Uh, as always, uh, give the plot of the episode, and then we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, in Bloodletting, episode two of season two, uh, it starts with a flashback of Lori uh, talking with other mothers uh, about a fight she had with Rick. Uh, as she's talking, Rick's partner, Shane, pulls up in a police cruiser and tells Lori that Rick has been severely wounded in a highway shootout. Uh, Lori then tells her and Rick's son, Carl, the news causing him to break down in tears. Uh, then it goes back to the present where Carl has been accidentally shot by a man named Otis who was hunting for deer. Uh, Otis brings Rick, Carl, and Shane to a veterinarian named Herschel on his farm uh, to whom Otis works for. Uh, Herschel lives with his daughters Maggie, Beth, uh, Beth's boyfriend Jimmy, and Otis's wife Patricia. He treats Carl, but he reveals that the bullet was broken into six fragments, and Rick must donate blood to Carl in, for, in order for Carl to live. Uh, during this time, Lori, Glenn, Carl, Carol, Daryl, and Andrea are still searching for Carol's daughter Sophia uh, when they overhear a gunshot. Uh, meanwhile, on the highway, Dale believes that T-Dog has contracted a blood infection from the wound he received in the previous episode, prompting their uh, fruitfulness search for antibiotics. Uh, as the uh, back at the farm, Herschel reveals that Carl needs major surgery to live and that he would need a respirator. Uh, Otis suggests that they might be able to find the supplies they need at the local high school where the Federal Emergency Management Agency set up a uh, safe haven. Although the place is likely overwhelmed with walkers, Otis and Shane decide to try to get the supplies, and um, they send Maggie to retrieve Lori from the group and bring her back to the farm. Uh, Rick and Herschel discuss the walker epidemic. Uh, Rick believes there is no cure, while Herschel has faith that there could be one. Uh, the group searching for, for Sophia returns to the highway where Daryl reveals that he has a bag containing painkillers and uh, strong antibiotics that Debo, uh, T-Bone, T-Dog can take. <laughs> T-Bone. Uh, 
Uh, Shane and Otis retrieve the supplies, but are spotted by walkers. The two have no choice but to barricade themselves inside the high school. That about sums it up. Yeah, have a good day, everyone. No. <laughs> and that's an episode. Uh, so, uh, what did you guys think about their flashback at the beginning of the episode? Like father, like son, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's it's still trying to explain Laurie and Rick's relationship at that point in time before everything happened, mm-hmm. and how Shane. You can see how Shane felt, you know, about Laurie. Yeah. And and it's just it was a kind of a precursor to hold back over, you know, to the previous season. To keep that kind of tension there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it definitely was there to set up the fact that they have a rocky relationship. Shane is like a third will in the relationship. Uh, and then there's just Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl doesn't know better. He's just a boy. He was a boy. And now yeah, he's a bad. Zombie. A zombie. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think the flashback. I'm not gonna lie. I think the writers put the flashback in there to try to make uh, Laurie and Shane's relationship seem not relatable, but give like a sympathy to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, her and Rick are on the rocks. Blah blah blah. This is why Laurie acted this way. But nah, she's still just a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of seeing the untouched farm for the first time? It, 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 the it was green just family. weird. Yeah, it was just weird that it was open. I mean, yeah, there were fences, but not anything major. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the gates just open. So, you know, it just in the time of everything going on and, and seeing, you know, the Herd of walkers, horde, whatever, walking just a couple miles away from the farm. It it just was to have it that open. Just to me, didn't make sense because it's like no guards, nobody's watching, mm-hmm. and they're just all you know living in the house with their water and their heat and all that stuff. Still, it's like okay, and I think. I think it's actually very realistic of what would happen if a zombie apocalypse actually happened nowadays. Is there enough rural homes that are self-sustaining that, yeah, there will be people who don't, like, they know stuff's going on, but, like, they don't understand the true impact of it. Uh, and so, like, obviously they know, like, they they know that stuff is happening. People, they, they're close enough to a city. But I think there would be people in the world that have no idea that these things are happening. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. True, true. If they didn't need, if they didn't need the big cities and all that before, you know, they're looking at it like I don't need it now. I've been, my life isn't changing really. It's just I just can't go into the into the into town to get my supplies. But you know, I'm growing my own stuff here, so I'm okay. Yep. They'll probably be confused when they try to order from Amazon and it <laughs> doesn't go through. 
Dang, that it. And the man with some drivers never find our address. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So much for Prime. Prime Day. And then, uh, so we meet everybody. Uh, any first impressions on uh, Maggie or Beth or anybody in the house? Or her show, for that matter? The opening scene, I mean, because like she's she yells daddy and everybody comes out of the house. So right away, you know, they put Herschel in more of a power position that they just all respected him that much. Um, you didn't really get to see what everyone's true character was because they just kind of in the background while everything was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Herschel was just barking his orders and everybody was doing what he wanted them to do. And they were just sitting there going, okay, so we don't know these guys, but we feel for them because this little boy sitting in the bed. Mm-hmm. And so they were just trying to be helpful. I f- oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, was, I felt like they were uh, kind of naive to the situation at hand. Like, mm-hmm. not the, the shooting, but like the overall world, um, to be fair. Acting like it's not that big of a deal. It's just something yeah. that it'll pass through. Yeah. Well, and you you find out kind of why when Herschel and Rick are talking, because Herschel's perspective is he's comparing it to any other pandemic or epidemic that has come through on, in the world. That you know, AIDS was a thing that everyone was thinking it was going to kill them, and the world, you know, it was a tragedy. But they found a cure, and Herschel's looking at it that it, this is just something that's the same mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, it's terrible right now, but there's going to be a cure, you know? And like you said, he lost his wife and his, his wife to it. And one of his sons and he's, you know, so he was keeping everyone safe until they found a cure. I don't know. That's kind of like royalty during the Black Plague. That were like, I don't think the, I don't think it's real because no one here really got it. <laughs> as like, just down the road in the towns, there's dead bodies all over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That scarlet fever, all that kind of stuff. Uh, um, I thought they did a good job uh, introducing Maggie. Oh my uh, goodness, that was my favorite thing. Like you see her, like next to her show, she took control of everything. Yeah. Like, uh, here's the hey, there's people, so she calls the leader, and then someone needs to go get Lori. Okay, I'll hop on a horse and go do it. Yeah. Uh, I show how hot, like headstrong she actually is early on. Yeah, my favorite scene, you know, well, of course, our favorite character on the ground instead of trying to defend herself is just kicking and screaming, and then in comes this horse, and you see a bat. And you're like, dang. Mm-hmm. She she just, you know, she they they she's been through some stuff, so she understands a little bit more, I think, than what anyone saw up to that point. Oh yeah. You know, and then and then there's there's Glenn, just like puppy love immediate looking at her like she just did that. Mm-hmm. Who is this girl? You know, and then she's ordering Lori to get up on the horse and they take off. And Glenn's just standing there with his mouth open going, I think I'm in love. <laughs> he, he did He did that. He did that. His whole facial expression during that scene mm-hmm. said so much. 
Oh, hundred percent. They both acted it like acted their characters mm-hmm. very well, and like yeah, and like you said, it's clear Maggie knows more and understands the situation more, probably more than even some of the people in uh, the original group does. Yeah. Uh, like she tells them to get off the highway because she knows, like it's like she knows that there was a horde there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she tells them to get off the highway and how to get to her house and uh, just understands the situation at hand more than you would expect after first meeting this farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only other person that kind of gets it in in the original group is Daryl, but that's mm-hmm. because they were out there in it. I mean, like, after Maggie leaves with Lori and the walker gets up and everyone's kind of looking and Daryl shoots him and says, shut up. And just, you know, just look, yeah. raises the bow and shoots him. And it, you're just like, dang. <laughs> no, I agree. So I said that was my favorite scene in the whole episode was just that. What? Not even two minutes. Mm-hmm. All that happened. And it was just like, OK, now we're getting into it. Now it's getting good. Now you're seeing true people and what they're mm-hmm. going to be like. And I think the funniest part of the episode and uh, uh, interesting factoid is when Daryl gets back to the road, T Dog, and uh, Dell, and like pulls out the antibiotics and and drugs and everything. Uh, This is the first time that the the theory that uh, blue meth from Breaking Bad. caused the Walker zombie apocalypse started was this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was funny. He goes, well, why don't you say? And he pulls it out. He goes, this is Merle's stash. And he's like naming off all the stuff. And he's like, these are good painkillers. And he tosses it. Mm-hmm. And here you go. You know, this is one. This is a, the original. This isn't the generic. Yeah, and you knew something like that. They kind of led up to something like that was going to happen when they're all like no one has any medications in the car of any kind. All they find is ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. You know, no inhalers, no, no, you know, nothing like that. Nothing for being diabetic. Yeah. So that makes you wonder then too, you know, has someone else been through that and pulled stuff out? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, sure. Probably Lori, not Lori, yep. but uh, the it's green Lori family group. has probably yeah. went through them already. Yeah. Since they can't couldn't get to the FEMA trailer, mm-hmm. and why didn't they grab more stuff? Yes, they grabbed what they needed, but you went through all that trouble of getting in there, and you were in that in that truck. They grabbed two big bags full. I don't know what else more they could grab. Well, no, they were just grabbing like the tanks and stuff to make a respirator and more bandages and stuff. But they weren't like going and seeing what kind of medications were in the trailer. They were just grabbing everything that was on that list that Herschel gave them. Yeah, because there was a million zombies around them. And why would you put those tanks next to each other so that when you move, they clank to each other? I don't know. <laughs> I, know you're, you're, I know you're acting, you're, you know, you're in the moment when you're in a, an apocalypse and you're just trying to get stuff done because you want to get out of there. But I was like, as he's putting them in and they're clanking together, I'm like, well, at this point, like, there is no being, like, they're already heard. The zombies already know they're there. 
And and when they were throwing the flares, would you have like kind of snuck around somewhere and threw them way out for them to walk a while instead of just throwing it enough to make you a little path? And would you not have taken some with you so that you could do it again to leave? I don't know. I honestly don't know what I, I probably wouldn't have been there in that situation to be free or fair. It, in some ways, if an apocalypse ever happens, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to run from nothing. So all my knowledge of what I would think I would do, I'll never get to test. Yeah, because you would just fall over. And then, oh, mama back. I'm a turtle. <laughs> and then you guys would be like, remember what I told you, mom? Love ya. Bite, so we got to go. That's all you had to do is bite back. Yep. Did no one ever tried that against a zombie? No one tried to bite in a zombie? I'll bet they stopped like a dog. Like a dog mm-hmm. bites you and you bite him back, he doesn't bite you anymore. Bro, <laughs> bro, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I ain't buying no zombie. That's crazy. That's a crazy No one's thing. tried it, though. No one's tried it, though. He bit me, so I'm going to bite him back. <laughs> guess, guess what? Now you're going to turn into a human and suffer again. <laughs> Welcome to the land of the living, bitch. <laughs> like, Oh, sorry. Your friends were right behind you. I'll enjoy the 30 seconds. Uh, so, yeah, they get all that stuff from there. They struggle. Uh, and, yeah, the episode stops with them being what? Aren't they, like, trapped? Yeah, they're uh, trapped. In a door or something like that? I yeah, they go through and they pull that. They shoot out the window and then he pulls the gate. Mm-hmm. Lucky that gate was there, because I'm sure he had time to realize there was a gate there before he fired, you know, mm-hmm. and they could pull it. But... I am a little confused. Like, I, I get that uh, they're in a hurry, uh, but, like, couldn't they take more people with them? Like, what, why didn't why didn't Jimmy go? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. Would either of you two volunteer, knowing that you may have to run? Fuck no! <laughs> I got bad knees, shit! I, am I, like... I, I get like if I'm in Otis's shoes and I'm the reason the kid is hurt, yes. But you wouldn't like, just you and one other person. I, if it had to be done, it had to be done to save his life. Like I'm not gonna be the reason a, a kid is dead, like accident or not, not on purpose <laughs> or not. I'm not gonna be the reason the kid is dead, bro. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'd be like, why was you in my forest? Why <laughs> my dear? Mm-hmm. Ain't you? Ain't you, like? Wh- what was you gonna do if like, wh- like you shot my boy? Like, yeah, I'll shoot you too. Get the fuck away from my deer. The the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> well, they never grabbed the deer. Hunter safety one hundred and one. They never went back for the deer. Yeah, they probably uh, shouldn't. That is the second deer they wasted in this series. Yep, bro, you can't get a deer. Like the first deer wasn't it bitten by some zombies? Yeah, like you can't eat that he- shit. After he downed it, it got been been by zombies. Yeah, but this is a question. So this dude's bow hunting, right? He's bow hunting a deer. He takes down. Oh no, he say tracked it. He say tracked it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would say, how did he shoot this deer? It go down, and then it took him so long to find the deer that zombies were able to find it first. Boy, would they have freaked out if it would have made it into camp with an arrow in it? Mm-hmm. Dinner served. That's how good I am. Shoot it and bring it home. Yeah, this is an interesting episode. I think it's a lot slower pace than yeah. the first one. Not as much like stuff being trapped into it. Like it's very 
like I think it all like most of it takes place in like like a few hours. They get to the house. He like tries to take care of Carl and says we need these stuff, and they instantly run like in within like thirty minutes probably. They get in the car and head to the uh, CDC place, the whatever it was, and try to get the stuff within like a couple hours. And so they do. I think they could do a good job of introducing people and keeping it very condensed compared to uh, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on the episode? I just have a question. How much? How many times can you give a transfusion before your toast? Uh, just a thought. Like you, you can give up to a certain amount, and then you have to rest and let your blood like recycle. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna act like I know. I I don't know. No, if anybody knows, know. it'd be interesting to because I every time he gave, I'm like, okay, he's he's gonna start just like giving way too much, and his red platelets aren't gonna. Like, I'm assuming you just remake blood. Yeah, your platelets, you gotta wait for your red platelets, blood platelets to recycle, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody just has eight gallons of blood, and that's (laughs) it. Like, you lose it, you're done. You know, you can give up about three. That's how endorphins work with meth. Like, you release your endorphins, they don't come back. Crazy. That's why I'm never happy. (laughs) <laughs> I, I had minimum endorphins at birth. And you had death? Yeah, at birth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Don't blame me for that one. No, you got all the things I can blame you for. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, so this is episode two, season two, season two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll be, and we'll we'll be, crying. I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> uh, we'll be back for episode three. Uh, <laughs> hey, it might just one. be two of us. Who knows? <laughs> they both turn into zombies and I kill them both. Until <laughs> uh, so next time, have a great day. Hey, bye, y'all. Bye. That's Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sad. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.